Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between to Free Advice Podcast. And pets. Don't forget the animals. Plants you put near the speakers. Yeah. Even fake plants. It's the illusion of realness. (laughs) Geraniums you got going there for the last couple years. Yeah. I've really thought hard lately about replacing a lot of my fake plants with real plants. Don't do it. Why? It's showing the death of hope. That's that's you settling into a life of of fake replacements. Of instead of taking vacations to the beach, you just you know turn on the beach screensaver on your laptop and zone out and think about what if and sit home and water my plants. Well, not if you have fake ones. Right, 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 right. No, I got you. I got you. I mean, it's a trade-off cuz like I think there is something more life-giving about having actually being surrounded in things that are living, but obviously there's okay. a cost. Here's my, I, I'm fine with artwork that is inspired by plants. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to have a plant aesthetic, mm-hmm. then like make a fake plant out of leather or something. Don't try and <laughs> fool me. If As long as you go far in the unnatural direction enough, like can you imagine um, a corduroy monstera? Oh, it'd be beautiful. It'd be lovely. Um, I can't imagine that. I have no idea what that is. Okay, a burlap sunflower. That should be easier. Oh, a corduroy. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I thought the you were saying a corduroy something was like the full name of like a genus of plant. If it was made of corduroy, sculpting iconic leaf shapes out of some (laughs) of your favorite textiles. Uh Some of uh so like like a marijuana suede. A, a, a suede potted pot. <laughs> right. Um, a a freaking alligator skin cactus. Mm. You know, that'd be cool. That'd that be the kind appeal. of false plant I could get behind. Probably yeah. Expensive too. Yeah. But for maybe sure. if you get the materials at a Goodwill or something and like cut apart a jacket, you can stitch together a, uh, a plant that's. No one's not fooling anybody. You're not trying to pull a fast one on anybody and say like, look at me, I water this. But mm-hmm. you still like show your appreciation for plants and their aesthetic beauty without having to upkeep them. That's what I'd recommend doing. Or just get pine cones. You don't need to water pine cones. <laughs> I have a lot of fake plants that I don't necessarily think are fooling anyone, but they're not like trying not hard me. to be fake. You know, they're not like squarely in the made of another material category. Uh, no, that kind of competes okay. with the aesthetic for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, um, some fake plants are more expensive than the real thing. Yeah, it's wild. It's or not, it's, yeah. <laughs> or not wild. <laughs> it's tame. It's, it's very tame. It's very domesticated. All right, yeah. let me tell you about one upside about this coronavirus quarantine that we've got going on right tell now. Tell us. Tell us. With all of these people who you normally see on TV and studios, such as newsmen, the um, talk show anchors and their guests broadcasting from their homes, maybe your own, your own yoga teacher from the YMCA broadcasting from their home, you see many people's bookshelves and you get mm. a 
a little peek that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise into what kinds of material people read. Ooh. It is so. very, like, vulnerable and intimate that you're suddenly, like, seeing into people's homes versus a polished set. Yes. Um, I've been... Uh, I was disappointed by Bernie Sanders' like plain decorum. I thought he would have something <laughs> a little funkier mm. and hip. Yeah. And something that's not so, like... Colonial. What would it mean to you if Bernie old. Sanders was a little funkier, hipper in his decor? Yeah, like a, a lava lamp. You want him to be like you. You want him to be like us. I don't have a lava lamp. I really want a lava <laughs> I can lamp. Only dream. Dude, me too. <laughs> I really want one. <laughs> yeah. It keeps just is not it a, quite... Is it a bad fire hazard? Is there a reason not to get one? Um, well, okay, so I attempted to buy like a cheap one from Target, thinking like mm. surely this will still give me the, the all the great things I want of a lot of lamp. I wouldn't trust targets. Um, yeah, it just looked tacky as hell before used. I even got it out you of the box. you got to get like a classic. Like a vintage one. Yeah, so I did some looking yeah. around for that. And yeah, harder to come by one that like seemed like it was actually going to like reliably work and have that vintage aesthetic. So then I was thinking about like ordering sort of like a custom one from this certain website. And I really just lost track of it because it wasn't, a top priority of mine is really what happened, sure. which I think is fair. Cause I'm trying to like cut my non-essential spending. Um, I just didn't feel essential. <laughs> I don't <Smart>. know why. <laughs> I bet you can make a homemade lava lamp. You can by, by breaking some eggs into a, uh, bucket of, that's like, not the way. <laughs> It'd like all be yellow, <laughs> and then shining your iPhone camera underneath the bucket, or wow. your iPhone flashlight. What a cool right pad, bro! It. But what's yeah. that smell? <laughs> Fucking He's rotten ass eggs, <laughs> oil and eggs. <laughs> wow, what a dream! What a yeah. dream! Ambiance to the nth degree. Hmm. Yeah. Here's another tip for you. Um, when you're listening to the rain, mm -hmm. try not to think about it collectively, but try and identify what are each of the individual sounds that I'm calling rain. Like each little mm. piece of that is is probably water hitting something. What's right. the surface that <laughs> water is dripping off of <laughs> or, or landing onto? And then, you know, which of them are close, which of them are far away? And try and identify it as a... A symphony of plops instead of just like a single white noise that you take in the aggregate. I have a mixed response to that. The first, when you okay. first said it. Give it to me. Yeah. When you first said it, I had this you immediate wave of like sadness of like, oh my God, I have Hated to think it. about each drop like living and dying, you know, and then that's it. Well, it's true. And then I had a positive response too because it reminded me of uh last week when it was raining which really was a struggle for those of us in los angeles like adjusting to the quarantine and feeling like totally shafted by we're supposed to have amazing weather and it's rainy um but anyway <laughs> side sidetracked a little bit um no, I was, it was a bummer 
It was. It was such a bummer. But people are facing a lot worse <laughs> circumstances than Los Angeles being rainy. So I should probably I like check can't that. Imagine. <laughs> I haven't watched the news and I don't know what those would be. Yeah, same. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I came back from something uh, in my car and it was raining. And when I parked my car in the <laughs> you garage, had a thing in your car. <laughs> what? You had like a date in your car. You had something <laughs> that you had to go to in your car. <laughs> I got this thing at seven in my car. <laughs> well, I did end up having an appointment basically to just listen to the rain falling off of the building onto my sunroof. And it was making this really beautiful symphony, as you said, of sound oh, yeah. of the plops. rain of the plops um, hitting the sunroof. <laughs> and it was also its own music video. Cause I, so I like leaned the seat back and I just watched yeah. them hit the, yeah. Oh my God. It was a magical, it was magical. It like made my whole fucking day. Um, and I was just really inspired by the sounds of nature that we like, we don't necessarily tune into all the time, but they're always there. And they're every time I do bother to tune in, there's such a lovely reminder of just like, yep this keeps going and it, it might look different, but it keeps going. And there's something to be like, you know, felt about the environment around us when maybe tuning into internal stimuli can feel overwhelming. You've uh, inspired me to use the car for the mm. audio visual mm. stage studio that it is. Yeah. And put on, a soundtrack of bird sounds in the woods, really crank it, <laughs> turn up the AC all the way, keep all my windows shut and go cruising down Mulholland Drive and just soaking in the nature. Mm. Maybe a little disjointed. It's not what I'd be hearing if my windows were down, you know, <laughs> that, that loud bird sounds. But <laughs> I think that would just be so nice in a way to kind of substitute my longing to be out in the wild right mm. now which i haven't found a way to satisfy that craving so yeah thank you for inspiring that idea to me and oh, you're if welcome. if it does rain again i'm gonna plop out my yeah roof, recline the chair stare up at the glass maybe put some food coloring in a couple drops on the on the uh, moon roof Whoa. and then watch as the rain starts to spread and mix it what another level to take that to. Wow. Thank Brilliant. You. Inspired. Lava lamp inspired. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Let me crack a couple eggs up there. Hit <laughs> <laughs> it with some avocado oil. Just fucking get weird. <laughs> On the roof. Get slippery. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. So I mean, if you're always concerned about the resale value of your car, or do you even really feel like you own your car and are using it to make yourself happy? Um, right. No, I mean, I, I think a huge advantage of my current automobile situation, which is that I have my mom's old, uh, 2007 Jeep that I drove across the country with me here when I moved. And it's, it's great. Cause it's like, I own this thing and it has a, an expiration date. That's not too far into the future, but not immediate, not imminent. So I feel I can take some risks with it and I don't have to live so preciously about it and, you know, wash it all the time. Although I did hear recently that if you keep the interior of your car, uh, cleaner and up to, you know, like a nice standard 
of upkeep, it makes you less likely to get external damage from accidents because you just kind of treat the car as a place that you pay more attention to and you're more careful. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. I like this has been experimentally confirmed because if that's just survey data, I believe so. I believe it was a study. Do I know any citations or anything to make it real? I don't, but I also imagine from what I know of, you know, human psychology, I suspect that that has accuracy. Uh, I think there's a balance to be struck here. Um, I want to bring up the philosopher Denis Diderot, as we do every other podcast. It seems. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first Diderot reference (laughs) about how he was a slave to his new robes, but he was a master of his old robes. Mm. Like. And got these new robes, and all of a sudden, everything he did had to be to like match with the robes and make sure that the robes didn't clash with things and take good care of his robes. Mm-hmm. When he had these old ratty robes, he kind of could do whatever he wanted with them. And yeah, that just that seems like an age old problem of do you own your things or do your things own you? Right. And uh, I, I don't yeah. like being owned by my things. I, but sometimes I like having nice things that I worry that they go away. Yeah. Yeah. With clothes in particular, I fashioned, (laughs) pun intended, this idea of like play Mm. clothes into my life where I would have certain outfits that I would feel 100% free to just like play, mess around, do whatever moves I wanted to to move without worrying about like, you know, scuffing them, tearing them, whatever. And I've tried to expand as much of my wardrobe into play clothes territory as possible so that I never feel that sense of um, being you know, inhibited. Um, Mm -hmm. and I do agree that I do agree that when you treat your material possessions by and large as these very precious things to not be, uh, ruined or, or damaged at all, that, that it adds this like layer of, I have to walk on eggshells now that, that can feel kind of restrictive. Mm Mm-hmm. I um I got a white couch recently. Oh whitish, it's cream colored. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, I know this is a bad move. <laughs> but it's risky. It's only a bad move if I care. <laughs> if this becomes a rainbow colored couch or um, you know, a patterned couch within uh, some short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I look at each edition as like a um accidental decoration or um you know, like an offering from my friends, unintentional offerings, perhaps, mm-hmm. and all the myself and all of the good times. They're, they're souvenirs of all of the times that the couch was used. Then maybe uh, they start to make me happy that I have a couch that that has such memory. Whereas a brown couch with some type of pattern designed to hide its history is like um, a couch with amnesia, and I don't know if. <laughs> that couch is uh, the companion that I want in my living room. Mm. For me, I imagine the phase between uh, the first spill or addition to the museum um, and Mm -hmm. when they're more evenly distributed and there are more of them to be very painful for me. Um, But well, you can also accelerate the process in general. Yeah. Right. You can start getting sloppy, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> dancing around a little bit with your tomato soup <laughs> to the like nightly news jingle. <laughs> be like, oh Because man, it's just so samba. catchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You get it. I don't need to explain this yeah, to you. Yeah, right, 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 right. Although maybe choosing a soup uh, that's less mistakable with human body fluids. But, you know, whatever. Teach his own. Um, okay. Cream of mushroom. <laughs> I think that, like, for some reason, the addition of just dairy and then the idea of the cream catch just threw me off in a way that I wasn't ready for. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like the couch is already kind of like cream of mushroomy, and then you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna like push in and w- slip around and some <laughs> roll around as some cream of mushroom. <laughs> cream of mushroom is kind of like the eraser. You spill that on top of the tomato soup. Once you spill tomato soup on your cream couch, <laughs> there's two routes you can go with this. You can either go club soda and a lot of blotting, or You can fire up the the stove and make yourself another soup, cream of mushroom, and spill that on top of the tomato soup. Yeah, that one sounds more fun. Sounds a little more playful. You want to be wearing your play clothes when you are swimming around making cream of mushroom soup angels in the couch. Mm -hmm. And then you can cut up the suede and make a fake plant from it. Like a white rose, uh-huh. like a cream or of a mushroom rose. Yeah, ooh. you can make a giant toadstool out of the <laughs> cream suede. Yeah, yeah. Wow, the the possibilities for at home creativity during the pandemic really seem limitless. I'll say. I'll say. So, should we dive into some questions? What do you think? Let me give you. Let me hit you with a question. Yeah, here, right? I'm ready. I just cracked my knuckles metaphorically, and I'm ready. Well, I'm going to hit you with one now, okay? Okay, okay. Here's a question from Reddit user AstroComdo. Okay. So I like this girl, and she said she likes me, but she responds one to three hours late mm. and leaves me on scene. Mm. It also seems like she doesn't really care mm. and just responds so I seem, quote, happy. Mm. End quotes. Should I give her a chance or does she belong to the streets? <laughs> Double emoji shooting steam out of the nostrils or perhaps the corners of the mouth. There's not actually nostrils in this, but shooting right. steam and uh, the eyebrows are furrowed. Okay. So it's a frustrated so yeah. emoji. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say, uh, I've been... Should I give her a chance or does she belong to the streets? Yeah. I'm going to really press you to answer this question. I don't want you to try and dodge it. Okay. I've been on both sides of the coin here. I've both been this Reddit user wondering why I'm not getting as much of a response as I would like and wondering what should I do with that information. And I've been the person who, you know, reads things, doesn't necessarily respond right away and that that is not a one-to-one indicator of that I'm not interested or that something's wrong. So I, I would like to uh, go more in. I mean, I know you're trying to push me to answer and I don't really think that there Streets is a clear chance. answer. So, <laughs> I, I mean, ultimately I think that you give someone a chance um, as long as you make your needs met, make your needs uh, known clearly 
um, and they seem reasonable and you give them a chance to meet them. And then if they don't streets. Yep. That's the right answer. Chance and then streets. <laughs> and uh, you learn about where your chance streets line is. That's individual yeah. per person. You know, everybody has a different threshold for when they're still comfortable with the chance, you know, how many hours per message, mm-hmm. how, how mm-hmm. much it seems like their responses are just intended to make you quote happy. Mm-hmm. And then when you've decided it's time for streets, that's where you learned where your line is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to practice learning about how do you respond to this type of attention and what do you do with it and what's frustrating about not receiving it. I imagine that during the pandemic times that we may have more of an assumption, even the normal that people are just kind of sitting around doing nothing. And so it may feel more not only more painful when someone isn't responding to you as quickly because you're like, well, what else are they doing? Am I not important? Um, but you're also there maybe twiddling your thumbs, kind of just waiting for a response and and treating it as a high priority to have that conversation. And that that priority mismatch can be potentially an indicator of, um, you know, an, an overall mismatch, but it could just be a measure of, how, what are each of us, what does each of us have going on in our lives right now that, that may take precedence? Um, and there's definitely a reality where that's okay. Cause as I said before, I've been in both, on both sides of the coin. Um, and I, I really share your frustration. I do. I've been there a million times and just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, if they don't have anything better to do, like, what does it mean about me that they're not responding to me? And I tend to, I tend to try to give that thought a second look and ask myself, okay, how am I not meeting my own needs right now? How am I contributing to this frustration? And why am I putting so much heavy expectation on this other person to satisfy my boredom um, or my desire for attention? Yeah, I think that's uh, the hard answer. To yeah. implement, but the solution here, since you can't control another person's behavior, mm-hmm. is to uh, find things that uh, you do have greater control over the outcome mm. that you can focus your attention on and get excited about the feedback that you're getting from whatever you're challenging yourself in. Um, Picking up a new skill, uh, building something with your hands, writing something. And, uh, yeah, having like multiple sources of mm. positive feedback and things you can get excited about. Right. Cause it's really easy to get fixated on, especially if you've got a crush on somebody mm-hmm. that just can take, take front and center. Everything else seems kind of like a, a bummer, like a dim light. Yeah. Like, like, like the night stars and then there's the sun burning and how many stars can you really see during the day, you know, when the sun's out, that's your crush is yeah. the sun. Yeah. Having a crush so gives it that, that sparkly magical feeling. And if, if there aren't other things in your life that are even competing or coming even close to giving you that same sense of like delight and excitement, then it can seem really dark and dim between those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck to you, Astro Comdu. Yeah. All right. Next one. (laughs) 
Ms. Re- Ms. Underscore Rebellion 495 asks, am I wasting my time? Mm. My partner gave me a lecture on how I should be going and doing stuff. I kind of can't, obviously. Obviously. But my dad then told me to explain what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm. An illustrator. Then told me to try and hype him up, to pretend he was an up-and-coming illustrator and was thinking about making it a career. I tried explaining best I could, but it will be different for every artist. So in the end, now he doesn't support me when it comes to the career I've wanted my whole life. And he says I'm just pretty much wasting my time. Am I wasting my time? Mm. Is he right? Can I make a steady income off of being an artist? Isn't that the <laughs> million dollar or $50,000 question? <laughs> I think the answer is that yes, but it's a lot harder than, than some other options. I think it has a different set of challenges. Mm. Right, right. Go ahead. Describe that. I'm interested. Like... <laughs> It may be very hard to make a living as a military officer, but mm. there's also a certain clarity to that system. Right. And um, I think the skills required to make a living as an artist are uh, having a high negative capability where you're comfortable with uncertainty and mm. um, willing to continue without guarantees. Yeah. So... Um, I think the uh, another substitute question is can I for can I make it make a steady income as an artist is if the answer is maybe and you're like okay well I'm going to go anyway then the answer is likely to be yes mm, because mm-hmm. at a lot of moments it's going to appear like the answer is maybe or probably not mm-hmm. and then if you're willing to continue doing it anyway despite that then I think you have a better shot than like that maybe being unacceptable even for moments because I think that's inevitable. Um, yeah. Aside from a very few lucky people who end up with some type of corporate artist job that uh, pays them a salary for some reason, but that's not the majority of people's experience. Right, right. And I think that you looking at this question through the filter of how does your partner feel about it um, has a, a potential usefulness and a potential uh, harmfulness. So Mm -hmm. the potential usefulness is when someone else reflects something back to us, like the possibility that you might be wasting your time or that this might not be uh, the right career track for you. When someone reflects something like that back to us, it gives us a chance to really dig in and analyze how do I actually feel about this? Am I willing to overcome this alternative perspective because the fire burns within me so deep and so bright that I must do it anyway in spite of this person. And that can be a really strong signal that your intuition is telling you, yeah, it doesn't matter what my partner thinks. This is what I want. Um, But then the potentially uh, harmful aspect of it is sometimes other people can influence us too much. Sometimes that can overpower our innate sense of well, should I be looking to external signposts to tell me what I should do or should I trust my intuition? And that can be a really um, confusing, um, you know, switch switch to make. 
Yes. Yeah, I think it's uh, good to look at the motivation of the person mm. that has these this feedback for you and try and understand that their opinion of you may not match yours and why. You know, it might be mm. personal. They, they might want some more space from you. And then that's this request is like, ask yourself the question, what problem are they solving? Maybe the problem they're trying to solve is you seem unhappy and they think you'd be happier if you were more engaged with a long-term project, going out and doing things, as you say. Um, or maybe they want more uh, time away from you, or you've been doing one particular thing that has been bothering them, and they found that you weren't doing that um, when you were more focused on your project. So I think um, before you reevaluate your entire life, digging in for what could be the underlying causes of your partner's request mm. is a good check. Yeah, I would want to posit too potentially that your partner may be trying to protect you in some ways from from what might be difficult as we talked about about choosing the illustrator path. I, I think often mm -hmm. people people do want the best for us and then the way that they show that is by trying to protect us from something that might be scary or something that they might not want for themselves. They might not want to take that big of a risk, risk in their own life. And they are fearful of you having to deal with the consequences of that choice. And, and then as a byproduct, them having to deal with the consequences of that choice, um, because it could be a, an intense burden waging this, this, this more difficult creative path, um, and that burden could have some runoff in terms of how much, how much weight does he have to carry, uh, on his back as a result of your choice. Um, but I think that it's, it's probable if not just possible that, that the motivation for him holding, you know, what we see as a negative viewpoint here, um, coming from a good place, coming from a caring place. And so I agree with Rob's point that it's important to understand, okay, well, what are you really saying when you tell me that I might be wasting my time? What are you really trying to communicate? Mm. How do you feel about it? Um, mm. Trying to isolate what are your partner's feelings versus what are the facts of the situation? Because the facts of the situation are more oriented towards how you feel about it and what the work you're willing to put in. Yeah, and um, I also just want to give permission for you to not be at your best right now or not be mm. acting in accordance with your ideals because we're going yeah. through a weird thing at the moment that uh, will throw off a lot of your um, abilities in ways that you can't even quite tell how much fuel, how much motivation you get out of going to new places, meeting new people, all of that um, social energy that is missing right now. So... Just, yeah. uh, I hope that you're easy on yourself and not, it seems like you're already uh, doing that in that line where you say that it's kind of impossible right now, but right. I, I sense that you might be frustrated with these other people having advice, seeming to advise you to do things that feel impossible or don't feel like you can do them at your best at the moment with the current uh, social restrictions in place. Mm -hmm. So I hope you're patient with yourself because of that. And if you do decide um, to continue illustrating, like... Have uh, some relaxed expectations for yourself. Yes. It, it can be really um, counterproductive to think, oh, well, I've got all this time now. I have no excuse. I'm I'm going to 
do 12 hours, I'm going to pump out like 15 finished illustrations today or whatever your, you know, pie in the sky goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, you might actually do worse work right now or do less of it. But if you do some and that's better than none, if you're just trying to get quality, quantity out. Yeah, I think it's also potentially a really good test to see if this is something sustainable for you. Does sitting down and working on an illustration light you up and contribute positively to your motivation to take action? Or is it something that sucks you dry? Because it will take a lot of pulling from your internal resources, as we discussed, to to maintain that motivation and having having the patience to persist while you build. Um, and so if, if illustrating is something that lights a fire under you versus something that takes the fire out of you, that could be an important signal to pay attention to. Although, of course, you know, you do want to kind of take it with a grain of salt, given, given the times, as Rob suggested. Yeah. And anything that you start to identify with because it was fun and it was a thing that gave you a source of uh, freedom then once you're telling other people about it and you start looking at it as it needs to be good and mm-hmm. they need to understand that it's good for your choice to be right and then it might become something that you want to do less. I've experienced this in in multiple yeah. uh, things that I used to enjoy. Then upon identifying with, my, with that as like, oh, I am a mm-hmm. blanker, um, then it just becomes like uh, a threat to engage in anymore because my worth is based off of my ability in that thing, which used to be like the thing that was an escape from the thing I used to identify with. So just be aware of that as well. If you start calling yourself an illustrator and then find that uh, you won't, that makes you afraid to do things poorly. I think that can be the death of creativity. Like your ability to embrace sucking at something and like entertain, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll suck in this new way that, that, has no use for several iterations for weeks. And then like that direction that I sucked in, Oh, that kind of like developed a new style Mm. by like willing to be bad in a certain way. I found one, um, you know, like I had scribbly handwriting. Oh, well then uh, it, it does kind of make sense when I started, uh, drawing earthquake graffiti, which is like the types of things people would write on buildings if the building started shaking (laughs) when the graffiti artist approached them. Um, And then you might not find that until the hundredth attempt or something. So, yeah, I love, I love your point about identifying with something and the graffiti thing. That was, that was whimsical. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I, that was actually something they talked about in the Aubrey Marcus podcast. I listened to yesterday. I was telling Rob a little bit about this particular podcast episode. I listened to yesterday. Uh, yeah. Aubrey Marcus interviews a friend and a poet, uh, named in Q and they talk about a lot of things. It's a two hour conversation, but one of the things they talk about is how identifying with something can make it this prison where your self-worth is then totally wrapped up in that thing. And it's sort of analogous to our conversation about clothes that you wear and the, the robe thing of, you know, a new robe can be this wonderful, inspiring, luxurious, 
uh, item, or it can be this burden of, oh my God, now I have to maintain this thing. And every step that I take, got to match this robe. Everything's got to match row pillows Uh to match the purple satin. Right. Like if I'm going to be an illustrator, now I have to do this and that and da da da. And then it quickly without realizing it becomes a burden. I got to get the iPad pro with the Apple pencil too. (laughs) Yeah. So there can be like these physical weights or these ideological weights that are then tacked on without even realizing it when you start to identify with something so much. So as you go about exploring, investigating, nurturing this part of you, the part that wants to be an illustrator, try not to neglect watering the other seeds of your life. Still enjoy, make a point Mm. of enjoying the sensual pleasures of life and the excitement in your partnership or the loving feelings in other relationships, whatever those other simple pleasures are, just make sure that you stay rooted into a network of things that will bring you joy. And then those are good things to illustrate. Mm-hmm. It will be this, this symbiotic system of creative feeding and inspiration and nurturing that will be more self-sustaining than putting all of your eggs in one basket and mm-hmm. crossing your fingers really hard. <laughs> Thanks, Ms. Rebellion495. I hope we hear from you again. Yeah, and honestly, thank you for asking that question because it really does, it makes me think differently about my creative endeavors and what I do to revive myself when I'm working really hard to put something out into the world. So thank you. Yes. All right. Um, Let's take a question now from Reddit user Bugsy0508. Let's do it. Um, Bugsy asks... How do I get back on track during quarantine mm. slash isolation? Since this isolation slash quarantine has begun, I've not so slowly fallen into some really bad habits. Mm. I've been staying up until 5 a.m. on a good night and waking up at 3 or 4, sometimes even later in the afternoon. Mm. I just feel such a lack of motivation. Mm. I've also missed a lot more schoolwork than I did when we were actively in school. I'm generally a decent student, mostly B's and one or two A's, but since this quarantine has started, my grade book is filled with D's. I just don't want to act like this anymore, but I can't find motivation to fix it. That's from Bugsy. Yeah. Oh, I feel you, Bugsy. I feel you. And I know a lot of other people do too. I've heard really similar complaints from friends and from um, clients that are students and family that are students. Like it is just so hard to stay present and show up when things are, you're not showing up to something that's real and in person and engages all of your senses. It's so much harder it really is. I want to make sure that you know that that is not something that is, um, you know, some terrible trait that's specific to you. A lot of us are experiencing the fall in excitement of the digital replacements for the things that used to be pillars of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Um can also be tough to identify internal motivation versus what we think we should be doing to keep other people happy. Mm. And 
realize where motivation is coming from. You may not have that much internal motivation to do these things right now, and it may just feel like you should be doing these things because of some imagined or real external person who thinks that you should be doing these things. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be tough to tell. Um, Either way, you can start to examine your own feelings by asking what would it feel like if I did all the things that I think I should be doing? What would that grant me? What would be my reward mm. for that? And then see like, well, is that worth it to you? What what would you have to give up from your current way of doing things? And what unexpected challenges might pop up on the, on the path to that, uh, getting better grades, going to sleep earlier. Um, I, I think imagining the outcome and imagining the feeling you would get, whether that's uh, pride, contentment, um, sleeping easier at night if you put in a lot of work on a school project, uh, whatever those things are, try to make them as real and detailed as possible and then ask like, okay, what do I? what's the cost of that to me? Yeah. And it may be that right now you don't want to pay that entire cost. It's also... Tough to think in in all or nothing terms, so I want to advise yeah. against that. Like taking a baby step in the right direction, maybe going to sleep at two instead of three, can be counted as a win, even if your old schedule was going to bed at ten or something. Yeah, um, I really love what you said, and the thing that I want to add to that list of benefits is freedom. Yeah, freedom mm-hmm. from really the guilt and the self nagging that happens in response to the accumulation of these quote unquote negative behaviors. Um, and even just starting to take really small steps because that that's possibly all that's realistic to expect to take is small steps. Like Rob's describing, like starting to go to bed even a half an hour, 15 minutes earlier, you know, one night at a time, incrementally working that bedtime back, um, will create these little bursts of that good feeling, that motivation and not putting too much pressure on yourself to suddenly do this major life overhaul. Like you're going to reverse all of the damage of the ways that you've let things slip. Um, But the counterpoint is maybe for a little while it's okay to have less motivation um, I know it's not it's not particularly inspiring to see D's on your report card. I mean, I know I was extremely motivated by grades when that was a thing in my life. I mean, I was like, you know, I lived or died by whether I got an A or a B plus. And I think it kind of goes back to to our conversation about what do we identify with? Because those D's, don't have to mean we are bad or lazy or not hardworking or have no work ethic whatsoever, like till the end of time. <laughs> um, it might just be a reflection of it's really fucking hard to stay motivated right now. And that's what's being experienced on a much larger, more universal level than with just you. And it would be interesting, maybe just as a thought experiment to let yourself walk a little bit down that path hypothetically. Like what do you think those D's mean about you? Mm -hmm. What are your fears? Um, What do good grades 
like Rob said before, grant you, um, being identified as someone who is smart, someone who is on top of it, someone who is strong in spite of these tremendous challenges. And, you know, what does that really mean? Um, and, and who are you really at your deepest level and what do you care about bringing into the world and what do you value? And maybe having better grades is a big part of that picture. And maybe it's not as important or we don't have to take it quite as seriously as it seems like we do. I mean, that was always kind of my, my major flaws. I just identified so hard with being a high achiever. That was all I was, um, back in my schooling days. And, and still to some extent, I'm working on shedding that heavy, heavy robe. (laughs) Um, but it is really, really hard. It's hard to know. It's hard to sift through, okay, am I just indulging this behavior pattern that's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And it's going to be this slippery slope into nothingness and I'm going to hate myself and nothing's ever going to be the same again. Or can I re-examine those beliefs and develop maybe a healthier relationship with those things that I used to consider were such important metrics of success? Yeah. I, I want to say that uh, every individual is free to pick their own metrics of success. Yeah. And grades are one that is suggested to you, but it's okay to have other things that are more important than that. There will be other suggestions by other people later in life. Um, what are some of the and, metrics? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I want to know though, what uh, are some of the metrics that you've chosen in your life? But if you were going to finish oh, that me? thought, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> um, I must yeah. have them. I know you do. I'm sure they're there, but I don't want to get into it okay. right now, I suppose. Okay. I'm not sure why, but mm. um, yeah, I I do believe that I'm free to choose them. Yeah. Um, They don't have to be the same as other people's. Yeah. Uh, and they can evolve yeah, with you. I, this is, I, I think, uh, called uh, optimistic nihilism. Like there, mm. there's no real meaning to the world except for the meaning that you you pick, mm. that you make up. Yeah. And so yeah, it's kind of up to you to to decide what's what matters and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to yeah. think I like to think that this is true for me, although sometimes it's not mm-hmm. as true as I uh, want it to be based on my actions. And I think this is true for you, but I like to try to come back to love as a metric of success for me, um, creating, how, multiplying, how it sharing metric? it. Like, and it shows up in I, my. I got caught up in numbers when you asked me. Uh, like, okay, are any of these things things that I can assign va- numbers to? Well, for love, I would say it would be the um, meaningful relationships that I have. And that's that's something that you can quantify. Um, but there's also a qualitative element to it for sure. Like if I maybe have a friendship that's not super deep or close, but every once in a while that person sends me a really lovely thought that, uh, you know, just warms my heart and, and changes how my day goes as a result – that's a really powerful receipt of love. 
and a metric that I would count among that, but it's not necessarily like, Oh, this, I have eight close friends. Um, I think it's, I like to think of it in terms of a gas tank. Maybe am I, uh, using, am I converting the fuel that I have in my gas tank to help to fill and inspire the gas tanks of other people in a way that, that, that fuel, um, multiplies or increases exponentially rather than just kind of, you know, gets me from point A to point B. Like, how am Mm -hmm. I, how am I creating more? How am I living by a belief in abundance and sharing that and spreading that? I mean, you know, this podcast, for example, is a way that I'm just talking to you and there's, there's love and meaning in our conversations, but when we share it, it opens up the potential for more people to receive that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Not to be too up my own ass about it, but (laughs) it's just, it's one example. (laughs) (laughs) And that does have metrics associated. Just ask Podbean. (laughs) Right, right. Our our podcast hoster, for those of you who aren't deep in the podcasting world. Um, uh, There's an old saying that I like um, a proverb that uh, don't measure a man's life based on how much he was loved, but on how much he has loved. Mm. And then there's another one that's um, a man who knows proverbs can't be all bad. And that kind of supports (laughs) that the first one. (laughs) Did you just make the second one up? No. Oh my God. I love it. uh, It's a proverb. Wow. Really? It's It's a proverb that, um, by knowing it, it's kind of a self-reinforcing proverb. <laughs> it's like a magic eight ball that says buy more magic eight balls <laughs> kind of self-perpetuating scheme. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't get to control how much other people love you, but you can control how much you love them. And, uh, I see it as a success to find things to love about more people more easily and, to be more open in that way um, feels like uh, I'm expanding, like I'm yeah. a, a freer version of me rather than uh, when I when I criticize people and when I find reasons why I wouldn't like them or they wouldn't like me, I tend to be contracting and feel like more of a, a motivated by fear and well, how how things could hurt me and. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's there's a good reason to have uh, social fear at the moment, yeah. and uh, I think it's tilted a lot of us in the direction of uh, why other people are not a good idea. Mm. There are also really brave and really profound and expansive self love actions that you can take um, right now. Auto romance, as you've said before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are ways um, you can fill your cup so that you can not only live your life in a way that feels more rejuvenated and and with ease, but then you can also give that back to other people. I think storing up, this is like a hibernation period for auto romance. Like we're all forced to be with ourselves and and maybe a few other people, um, but to really work on what can I do to fill my reserves right now so that when I can go back out into the world, I can be 
you know, the most loving version or whatever, again, whatever your metric of success or your category of success is, what are ways that you can like store up that energy and start like powering up? I think that any kind of a physical challenge is a great way to do that. Yeah. Whether it's enduring cold water or um, how many burpees can you do in 10 minutes? And the important thing is not comparing yourself to somebody else who has mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. edge, but like just, just existing at your edge of this is about as much as I can do of this tracking that and then coming back to it a day later and then seeing if it gets harder or easier or whether you can break that record or not. Um, yeah. Just, just is like a, a mindset that then I find myself bringing into other things and challenging myself. And uh, I think that in those moments, things are, are changing or that it feels like I'm on the edge of what is and what could be. And that's an exciting place to be because everything can just feel a bit too safe or, or maybe safe isn't the right word, but too static um, in quarantine isolation like creating things that change when your your scenery doesn't really change mm. can be an important uh, way to still access that that feeling of change. Yeah, and I um, think it can be a motivation uh, increaser too. Mm-hmm. And you can like you can look at it as like okay, not necessarily this this other thing to introduce where you get a grade, but just to go, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Like, this is what my edge looked like yesterday, and this is what my edge looks like today. And being curious about, okay, how how does it feel to invest a little bit at a time and watch myself get stronger? Mm-hmm. I think uh, approaching yourself with uh, scientist glasses, you can literally get a pair of non-prescription glasses oh my that God, you yes. put on and then start a, uh, a clipboard you can put paper on the clipboard or write directly under the wood just of, uh, okay, the subject today um, <laughs> appears tired. I hypothesize we'll only be able to do five burpees. Uh, let's see what they've got and then take off the glasses, become the subject, do six burpees and then put on the glasses and but then put them on a skew because like, you're like, whoa, I'm blown away. <laughs> like, I was blown away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dishevel your hair a little bit. <laughs> Pop the collar on your lab coat. And <laughs> uh, write, wow, exclamation point, probably in all caps. Um, the patient did 20% better than initial hypotheses uh, had figured yeah. it was a hypothesis instead of a hyperthesis because they underestimated get it get it yes oh <laughs> that's good i didn't get it until you explained it but i'm happy which did. always is the definition of a good joke <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it, it's a it's a joke genre like it's joke because you expect the joke you expect the the punchline to come when the punchline is but it's actually a delayed punchline of the explanation is the funny part And uh, that element of surprise can be funny on its own. Yes. And delayed gratification is another important lesson of uh, adding to motivation is strengthening your ability to uh, delay gratification. And we often expect uh, to our detriment that we're going to get results immediately because that's how Mm -hmm. so much of our technology works. And that's definitely not how our bodies work. And it's definitely not how a lot of things in our environment work. 
but we create this like false expectation of, you know, every joke is going to land perfectly and everyone's going to understand my punchline right away after I say it. But no, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I laugh at your jokes hours after you've said them when you're not around. <laughs> Most of your flops are not actually flops. It's just something that. It's just a uh, that lesson I, It finally clicks into place when I'm in bed that night. <laughs> and I think about texting you, hey, that thing you said earlier was really funny, but I don't because I try not to sleep with my phone. That's good. I think that's another good tip for healthy living, healthy quarantine living. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, all right, cool. Do, is there anything else we want right. to say on that or no? No, I think Bugsy's set. Bugsy's, Bugsy's set going to get through this. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to report on like, my own yeah. personal um, lack of motivation during this time. I think I've struggled with, I often experience waves of like strong motivation and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fucking like change the world and like do this fucking thing. And then like nothing happens. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like disappointed. And I think it would help me a lot, especially during this time to keep practicing my ability to take small, consistent action and Mm. nurture my patients. Cause I'm, I'm really Mm -hmm. fucking struggling with this, uh, as well. And I have been for some time. This is a pre quarantine issue. That's just exacerbated by the quarantine. Um, but I'm right there with you, Bugsy. I'm with you. Yeah, me too. I I get this all or nothing thinking of, Oh, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be perfect. Starting tomorrow. I'm going to develop this routine (laughs) that just sinks all my time. And I'm just going to like, uh, white knuckle through this, I think is an expression for, yeah. you know, like I'm going to squint really hard and I'm going to show all my teeth and then I'm just going to be like in discipline mode and I'm never going to be worried about my, how tired I am at that moment or how much I feel like just calling a friend for no reason. Um, but those things are going to come up. I've, I've just learned to accept about myself and, um, I think that's helpful to realize. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important too to make sure to, as I was kind of saying before mm-hmm. with the, the answer to the uh, question about, am I wasting my time trying to be a creative is to make sure that you pepper in little spicy and sweet nuggets of things that you really enjoy in your life. Things that just give you like sensual pleasure, like a hot bath or, you know, whatever literal the fuck we're spice about. on your food. Literal I've been spice. loving making food hot. Mm. Ooh, Why is that? It kind of burns. And then it just gives me just something to feel. I think something temperature is much more appealing. Yeah. Really? Like I, I've gotten into, I'll, I'll make the water cold. I'll put some ice in it. Or I'll make the food really spicy and then it'll kind of burn. And even when I'm done with the meal, I'll still feel that little bit of pain. Right, right. Because it's the antithesis to the numbness and the apathy of same thing day in, day out, trying to figure out how to make our lives more interesting and more motivating. Some of it is just like, all right, let's just shock our system by putting in a new input. Spice is the variety of food. Mm. And potatoes are the potatoes. <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> uh, 
What a joke. Okay, that's <laughs> got to be the last question that we do. Yeah, I, definitely. I can't imagine us doing another. I literally couldn't even possibly look ahead. My metaphorical eyes are closed to the possibility of taking on another question. I think we did I think we did just the right amount. We did brilliant. The Goldilocks podcast episode. Not too much, not too little. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right, you guys. Right. We're going to be here next week. We're going to be here the week after that. Yep. Yep. You can count yep. on us. Yep. At some point, it'll stop, like all things, but <laughs> I don't need to think about that. No, no. For now, we are sustaining our motivation to bring you an hour of rambling advice <laughs> every week mm-hmm. <It's laughs> for free. the foreseeable future. It's free. No one pays us to do it, and it shows. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, but no, honestly, it, it, it gives us a lot to get together. Yeah. I do feel paid. Give each other each, each a hundred dollars every episode we do. Just Venmo back and forth. Just Venmo each other hundred bucks. Wow. Wow. What an interesting way to just kind of shift the energy. Like, here you go. Here's some currency. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Here you go. Here's some currency. (laughs) Well, you know, it would balance out, right? Where we each end up where we started. Oh, I get it. But we could, we could start attaching demands to the hundred dollars. Not actually like, you know, withhold the money, but right, right, right. Hey, good enough show today, but I want you to, uh, name drop Windex a couple times in the next episode. I, I really want people to start cleaning their windows with my corporate sponsor for your hundred bucks. Yeah. Ooh, and there could be bonuses. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 What a whole thing. What a whole nugget we just cracked. What a whole thing. What a whole yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, if you got <laughs> questions for your advice, you could email us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. And if we don't hear from you, we're just going to keep on cooking because that's what we do. I listen to a lot of things and then don't engage. So I assume (laughs) a lot of you are kind of the same, you know, I'll read articles and then not comment or watch a YouTube video and not even thumbs up or subscribe. I don't think I've ever had that reaction to either reading an article or watching a YouTube video done anything but do nothing. You don't ever tell your friends about it? That no, I did. I did do that. You sent me that YouTube video last night, and I actually sent it to someone else. What's the YouTube video? Cute house. We'll put the link in the description along with the Aubrey Marcus podcast episode that Morgan mentioned. Yes, both of those are great pieces of media to consume, especially Cute House right now because it's it's this great, delightful combination of just like it's fun and light, but then it. It takes on a little bit of substance towards the late end middle in a way that's like pretty rewarding, but doesn't undermine the like lighthearted, just, ah, sick. You know, it's not too much, mm-hmm. not too heavy. It's great quarantine, uh, you know, chips to nosh on. And it's about seven minutes. Sick. Sick. All right, you guys. St- uh, stay free. <laughs> 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 we love you.